But this happened to me today. I went to sit on the can for a while at work, and I got there, and I sat down, and I was like, oh, damn it, I left my phone on my desk. And I, like, oh. and I really felt like, I really felt like, oh, what am I going to do for the next two minutes or whatever it was? I was, like looking, I was looking for things in my pocket to try to read because I was like, oh, I can't stand being bored for like the amount of time it took to relieve myself. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Bad or bullshit the podcast with you guys get together and uh, discuss topics generated at random by the random topic generator. Joining me today is uh, the incomparable Michael Hodgins. Mike, how are you doing today? Incomparable. I'm I'm doing incomparably well. I guess that's <laughs> great to hear. And also joining us is the very comparable Crofton Steers. Crofton, hello. <laughs> hey, Bo. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, things are going quite well, actually. I'm feeling some energy today. I'm feeling. Yeah, you, you ready know, to, to get some ver- your verdict on? Get yeah, get my verdict on. Feeling the flow, working it, working right. it. All right. So I also want to say hello to all the listeners out there. Hello and thank you for joining us. All right. Uh, does anyone have any news they want to share? I got a quick item that I'd like to share with uh, you both. Oh, I have something that's just a point of interest. Um, I, re- I I would I would say found, but I refound this website that I knew about called um, I think it's called Scale of the Universe. Have you guys seen this thing? Scale of the Universe. Yeah. Okay. No. It's kind of a game. I think I sent it to you, Crofton, the other day. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. It's awesome. It's just this neat. It's kind of I wouldn't even call it a game. It's just some like a flash site someone made, and it just shows the scale of everything in the universe from down to the smallest possible thing up to the size of the universe. You have to see it and play with it to understand how amazing it is. But I was like, wow, the internet needs more stuff like this, and it just it's really fun and kind of funny too. <laughs> two 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 thoughts on it. First of all, one, you're a nerd. Secondly, um, I did I did find that uh, that it was pretty interesting how, and I only figured this out like after ten minutes of tinkering with it. You could click on each of the things, so like yeah, the Eiffel Tower or whatever, and and it would give you a description. And at first, I didn't need them, but as soon as you zoom out or zoom in too much, you start needing descriptions for any everything. You oh, know, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty crazy. It's insane when you start thinking about like, oh, yeah, okay, our sun's pretty big compared to the Earth. And you're like, wow, our sun is tiny compared to these giant stars. And then those are – it's just – it's such a mind-blowing thing. It really gives you a good sense of perspective and it's just kind of fun too. Uh, I highly recommend it. Just Google scale of the universe and you'll find it. It's like a game. Excellent. I'll have to give that a try. You should. I wanted to update everyone on um, the, the the whole glaucoma testing. I know it was a little while back, but I realized I left that <laughs> I left that story thread hanging from a previous show, and we never followed up. And the good yeah, news I've been is, on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I know. I, you've been thinking about it probably every day. That's why I don't get texts from you. You're you're paralyzed with uh, just you know thrilling fear. Um, <laughs> so I know <laughs> my text messages are going to cause you to open your eyes and the glaucoma <laughs> cause your eyeball to burst. So I don't have glaucoma. That's the, uh, the punchline. So no uh, marijuana prescription, which I hadn't thought of until I was told no, uh, that, uh, you know, so that no one will be able to prescribe me any medicinal marijuana, but, uh, I'd rather have the non glaucoma. So anyways, good news oh, to that. Good story. news. Yeah. Good right. news. 
Okay. Sort of, sort of anticlimactic, though. Yeah, but, you know, just in case I was uh, kinda, anyone was to be wondering honest, what like, happened I, with that. <laughs> I am happy for you. Don't get me wrong, but I sort of would have appreciated a twist where the doctor's like, you know, good news, Bo, no glycoma, but it turns out you're going blind. Yeah, you guys already made that joke uh, that, uh, you know, I, Croft, I think it was you that said I had, might have had eye cancer, and then Mike joined in and said, no, it's a giant tumor in the behind my eye. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be a cancerous tumor, of course. Don't draw attention to my recycling of jokes, please. (laughs) Because we'll send out the podcast doing it. Recycling is good. You're not going to hell anymore. All right, Um, so let's get the uh, random topic generator up and running. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I don't think you should keep that in your house. (laughs) I know, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, he can, like, boil an egg on top of it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> no, nah, it never gets hot enough. We don't run it long enough. Um, the uh, the topic today is sitcoms. Oh, sitcoms. It's funny. Um, I think before we sat down to record the show today, you guys were talking about Seinfeld for quite it, a while. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a premonition that this was going to come up. Yeah, or somebody rigged it, Mike. No, I know I totally did, uh, and I do find that kind of funny because I was thinking about Seinfeld a couple of times today. Actually, uh, I will just state right off the top on this show that's in my mind, hands down, greatest sitcom ever made. Seinfeld. Seinfeld is it's your number one. That's my number one. I know some people hate Seinfeld, but I think those people are idiots. And <laughs> Seinfeld is the best. They, they strike me as like married people with kids tend to not they strike like, me like white Christian married with kids type people. I guess let's, that's, let's that's very turn, broad, and I'm almost being yeah. racist or stereotypical. Yeah, but. yeah, pretty much you are. Uh, but <laughs> well, but uh, that's, that's where science begins with stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's begin. start it off the bat here because I'm I'm actually kind of curious about some of the elements of of this. I know sitcom stands for situational comedy. Uh, is the is the idea so which is kind of funny because when you do think about them like in Seinfeld's famous pitch you know it's a show about nothing but a lot of the shows like are pitched with a situation okay it's it's uh it's a family except that the dad is a stand-up comedian you know or something I don't know like some sort of situation the kind I grew up with always had laugh you know laugh tracks they were always filmed they filmed in what's known as multi-camera style which is which is almost like filming I guess a play like they have a set and then they film somebody come in but you never see what's kind of in front where the cameras are and now there's shows like and I'm not sure if these would be sitcoms but shows like The Office and Parks and Recreation and all this uh, New Girl Community where th- that are single camera so that they're filmed like a, a movie I guess if you will like a, you, you see all aspects of the, the area uh, and there's no often no la- laugh track at all are, yeah, are those still sitcoms? I, I wouldn't qualify that as a sitcom I think the point I wouldn't this, either the situation comedy is not a situation it's where it's situated so i think the comedy is located on a, a certain number of sets like if you think of the cosby show or fresh prince of bel-air it's often in the home uh it's not out and about and a lot of the more modern comedies that we're seeing are out and about with different locales and they put a lot of budget into sprucing things up where really in a sitcom you can take the same sets and reuse them over and over again cheers there's the bar uh, it's always in the bar and the bar barely ever changes all that much from episode to episode. So I think that the defining characteristic of a situation comedy is the is the live studio audience and 
the common locale. And I think that the common locale permits the live studio audience because you can't really, I think, film a season of, of television with the studio audience and have it, you know, driving all over town to new sets to do different scenes. I think the whole show gets recorded before them, so it's all got to be in that locale for the studio audience to watch. With some exception. They, you know, they're, in Seinfeld, there's often the uh, the street scenes, right? Where they're, they're sort of out and about. Like, uh, I think, isn't there a guy that sprays people with his hose or something like that? Anyway, yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. But Seinfeld at one point had a higher budget. So I think they were able to do uh, more th- more things like that. Yeah. But generally, I think the thing about sitcoms is they are fairly low budget um, and therefore easy for easier for studios to produce to cost less money. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think well- so. I watched a. I'm a, I'm a geek. I watched a like special features on this Seinfeld uh, DVD that we got my dad, yeah, and uh, geek status it was confirmed. It was about it was about how they made this episode that was like I guess it was it was an episode that's entirely set in this the New York subway, and they all often use like framing shots that are just like in Seinfeld they use tons of framing shots that are just stock footage that you that you can buy that show the, that stro- show the street or show whatever the subway going by Yankee Stadium. But, yeah, like it's just a stock shot, but but when the, the characters are actually there, the whole episode took place on a subway, uh, and uh, and and they had like a subway on the L.A. lot, and they had these mechanic, they had like sort of the way to make, they had these guys t- moving the the one car of the subway that they kept filming in different ways to make it look like it was a different car, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but really it was just one car on a lot in L.A. Uh, that they filmed to 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 look like. The, the New York subway. So yeah, definite, definite tight on, tight on cash. They couldn't even go into the New York subway. I have a funny well, anecdote. Well, I don't call- No. Oh, was it? Well, yeah, you just it, mentioned the sound of, stages in LA, and I'm like, it's a total New York show. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it, and that's another that's another thing about sitcoms is, yeah, no, it is, it is, uh, uh, it's one of those ones that that I think they might have filmed the first or something season in it, but I'm pretty sure it then it then moved to uh, it then moved to LA. I'd have to really? I'd have to look I'd have to look at uh, up. Uh, information on it but i'm pretty sure the um that it was an an la shoot yeah i don't find it surprising not not that it uh, yeah uh, mike said his number one sorry you said it's the best sitcom of all time mike or your number one favorite sitcom Uh, you know because maybe if it's well it's the same thing according to me there's no differentiation (laughs) between those two (laughs) according to me it's the best sitcom of all time i'd say name me a better sitcom as master tastemaker uh okay crofton do you have a number one show well like i'll I'll volunteer crofton to challenge your number one sitcom of all time okay well it's tough because if we're eliminating the the new show some of which are set in one locale and all that like uh then then seinfeld is definitely of those laugh track um sitcoms i would say that it is my my favorite of all time uh, without without question as well however there are a couple of other sitcoms that that marked me big time two shout outs I, I will give is one is is all in the family which was with uh archie archie bunker uh archie yeah and, and edith <laughs> I and watched uh, that, actually i i watched that when i was probably too young to actually be watching it and uh what was neat about that 
show is they use comedy to tackle uh, to tackle issues and, and they they tackle them in interesting ways uh ways that were ahead of ahead of the time and and they they did it by presenting this guy who was you know sort of a um, a bigot, yes, that's a good word, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you got to see how he react. He reacted to the world, and it definitely left an impression on me. And the other one is the furthest thing from that possible, which Bo touched on earlier. Is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yeah. and and I just watched it. It just happened to be a show that aired when I got home from school with The Simpsons. I watched a lot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I got Who I hasn't? got to feel. I got to feel like, you know, like Carlton and Will and all, they were like my, not not your buddies, but like you got to you you felt like you knew them as as people and how they reacted and and that sort of thing. So I definitely was was well invested in that show, but again, as an adult, if if I'm going to put on a, a a sitcom, it's going to be it's going to be Seinfeld. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground where I spent most of my days. Okay, <laughs> you both. What's thing. next? Um, yeah, those are definitely good picks. I've, I think I've seen a lot of sitcoms because they, they used to be the way television worked. They'd air before supper, and it was really hard to go out and hang out with friends or do anything before supper. So usually the TV would be on, and you always catch an episode of uh, Cheers or the the Cosby Show. <laughs> Which is, I don't know if I can watch the Cosby Show now, but I remember my young self liking it. Um, I liked it. If but I Bo, yeah, if I well, had... keep in mind those ones you were watching before, and this is an interesting thing about sitcoms because there ends up being so much. The ones you were watching before dinner were for sure reruns. Because oh, for sure. The, yeah, the current yeah. ones were like Thursday night at eight or some some kind of sweet yeah, time spot yeah. slot. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. I, I remember watching the reruns too of Seinfeld at ten. They'd always run at ten o'clock before bed, so I'd always catch yeah, two yeah. of them then. Um, I think that uh, if you're asking me number one sitcom of all time, I, I think I've mentioned it uh, on the sarcasm episode, but I've got to go with Father Ted, uh, which is actually a British sitcom takes place in Ireland. Um, that that's just to me. I, I think I've seen that series now, and it's only. I got to say, I think it's only maybe 18 to 20 episodes long. It's not a very long one um, by American standards anyways. But to me, that's the one I've watched, I think maybe six or seven times now, like run throughs of that. I laugh like it's the first time I've watched it. Um, There's just something about the humor in that show that to me is the best. And uh, it's, you know, but it's really absurd and and stupid. (laughs) I I like Father Ted a lot, too. And it's funny because I only uh, I was watching, I think, in the same era you were and yeah, i was quite we, into we that discovered show. It around the same time i think yeah. yeah and i've definitely seen it multiple times but as much as i've seen that show and and as much as i like it in the brit in the british comedy and that it's a bit more edgy the whole idea of like three priests in a house being the basis of a show which would never happen in the states um was just hilarious from the get-go yeah. but and as much as i've seen it i still go with seinfeld because how many like seinfeld was on for how many seasons what eight seasons or something uh, or a, a large a number lot. and like 24 eps yeah, and it's like, season. and I feel like I've seen every episode of that show like at least ten times because because there was a period in my life where you could find Seinfeld playing uh, any day any day and at multiple times, yeah. and there was sometimes where I would watch it like twice a day because it'd be on at like I don't know six, six somewhere uh, and then ten somewhere and I'd be like oh sweet Seinfeld, I never got tired of it for some reason. <clears throat> have I guys- have a funny. 
I have a funny anecdote about about a well anecdote. It's not really my anecdote, but I just want to share it anyway. So I find this interesting. Years ago, I took a, a script writing course here in Ottawa at the, the Gonk, the Algonquin College, and um, I had this great teacher. Her name was Amy Friedman. She's a, she's an American uh, writer, and I think uh, she's gone back to the states and writes now. In any case, her partner I can't remember his name, and he was also a writer. And she said that he wrote a play uh, out in L.A. Uh, I think and it was called Cheers, and it the prem it, it just think of this show. It, that's what it was, and I believe um, I think even uh, what's her name, Rhea Perlman, was yeah. in the play. I think she was even in the play, and <laughs> and then um, uh, the one of the producers who produced Cheers uh, saw the play, and then. Uh, uh, like I don't know how many, how long it was before the show came on the air, but it did. And it, she set it to us as an example of how you have to copyright your your work as a writer, because basically she was like, oh. he came up with Cheers, and it just got lifted by some producer because it's kind of like whatever, it's just some little play no one cares about, and turned it into Cheers, and he never got a dime for uh, for any of it. And uh, so, I'm saying that I'm saying that in, here in a less malicious take Easter. in a in a less malicious take on that story. This person drew inspiration from the play that, or was well, it, you see, yeah, I mean like, that's what they would say too. But yeah. the thing is, I mean, it literally had a character named Carla, and who was I think played <laughs> by Real Perlman in both. I, I may be wrong about that detail. I'm trying to remember. They're pretty from, shameless about lifting, uh, yeah, they, drawing their inspiration. You know. Yeah, and I just that—that's my—that's my only and is anecdote. This, per, is this person very bitter about that, or you know? I don't know that he was. I think he's a pretty successful writer uh, now, and uh, I don't know, whatever. One one thing I would uh, I would say about sitcoms is as much as like we could talk about our favorite ones, and as much as they they mark marked us, now I find uh, when when I think of um, when I think of sitcoms, I don't have a tremendous interest in in watching the older ones, especially the multi-camera sitcoms. I'll still watch I'll still watch Seinfeld in particular, which we've lavished our love on. Um, <laughs> but 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 the, the concept of the laugh track, for instance, is one that I find has now aged poorly. Um, somebody kind of telling me when to laugh. It's almost like it almost feels like a holdover from theater, you know, like you're in an audience or something or uh and they have to they have to create hold that. Holdover. Oh, you want to pick a fight with me. Okay. So so <laughs> holdover. The old techno old techno no, I don't like the postulation that like hearing other people laugh or hearing the rest of the community the implication that it's like old. That, no, that it's well, outdated. I, I'm like you pick a fight. I, with me I on think that. I think you can't argue the fact that theater existed prior to television, and yes. and so therefore sitcoms in in in, in I would imagine uh, the part of the live studio audience, just like in, in the idea of like sharing that laughter with with the folks at home. The same with the old shows like Laughing or the Late Show or any any of those shows. Um, the 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 idea is cribbed from theater. It's to give you that feeling that you're you're um, amongst you know amongst a group appreciating this this work. I would imagine. Yeah, but it's, because there's but a communal it's, element. Sorry, Mike. I just there's a communal element to theater, which is not just laughter, but also sharing shock. And you can't really communicate those things over a TV show. A bunch of people going. <gasps> 
Although that does happen when, like, uh, you know, the, um, what's the David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston like break up and get back together on Friends all the time? You know, <laughs> no, but there's there's a lot of those token sitcom, la- not just laugh noises. Fresh Prince was full of the men where it would be like, you know, like a, a communal gasp or like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, have when, two, actually, when yeah. two people get together, everybody's like, oh, you know, yeah, like oh, but when and, somebody's and, cheating and the other person yeah. walks into the room and then runs walks out mad and everyone's like <gasps> yeah there was de- and and I just find that that is kind of like that it it's it's almost something that as time goes on I look back and it it, it seems now there's still shows that are made like this don't get me wrong as soon as I see a show that is made like that that in in I don't know what this says about me but my interest level and respect for that show goes down considerably I see it as catering to uh you know, uh, older people right off. And I, I feel the new, the new approach is single camera, single camera shows. And I have a, I have a higher interest in those. Well, I think that you got to keep in mind, there's a reason why laugh track is, is used. And I think it's because, uh, uh, when when you laugh with a group of people, you are more likely to laugh. Like if you're with a bunch of people and something's funny and everyone's laughing, uh, you're much more likely to laugh. So that's why it's used. And I think the reason why people like yourself, Croft, and I think rightly see that as kind of – because when I think of laugh track, I think, oh, lame. Because how many times that if you're like listening to the joke, there's a laugh track and you're not laughing – uh, and then, you know, it, because I think without the laugh track, uh, it becomes a stark difference of what's actually funny and what's just like a bad joke that's not funny, but they're like, well, we're just going to stick it in anyways and put a laugh track behind it. So those shows, the, the single camera ones, like they have to rely on good writing and uh, and legitimately humorous situations to make you laugh. And if they don't do that, it falls flat. But uh, but a sitcoms, because I've watched occasionally, I've seen, oh man, people are really into this Big Bang theory show oh god i hate that show i hate it so much too i i saw a little bit of it i'd see it now and then okay just finish up but i want to i want to bitch about that show well i I don't even care to bitch about it i don't know enough about it but it's just it's just not funny um like i like i don't find it funny and and but there's laugh track all throughout it and anyways like it was just it was it was a staple of the show's back then uh, and uh, I think it was just like how it was done no one was breaking the mold now the mold has been broken in terms of comedy and the era of the sitcom well it's still present is certainly changing away to different type of filming techniques which is probably better for comedy shows in general yeah well just uh, just before Bo jumps in, uh, small factoid, the two most watched comedies on TV, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, both use Laugh Track's traditional sitcom styles. Currently. Both oh, both horrible. Uh, two and a Half Men sucks. <laughs> I hate that uh, show. Well, you know, okay, so Two and a Half oh, Men, man, I don't, I don't like know. It. I, it has its moments that's funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't take a bullet for it, but I'd take a bullet for Father, Father Ted. Um I was going to say that uh, the Big Bang Theory, God, that sh- okay. So, I think the problem with sitcoms and the approach. I have I have some a few things I want to uh, say that we talked about the communal aspect of it, where they do have the laugh track. The thing is that we can't avoid with it because it's not a live performance. The sitcom is still edited to make a finished narrative from the images that are recorded. That we know that the laugh tracks are detached from the actuality of what we're saying. It's like reality television. So the, there's a joke. A laugh track gets added to it. 
And but maybe nobody laughed at that joke in the live studio audience recording. You know, this is a decision made by the the editor, the director, you know, the people producing the show. So sometimes you get that lack of of um, genuine feeling on a show that's not done right. Or, you know, they got to put the laugh tracks in anyways, even if the show is not funny and they were not successful in making that magic. Um, so I, I think that's why, uh, you know, if we're, if we're taking an intellectual bent, um, it can be seen as low sort of uh, humor to watch. And and if you look, listen to our taste and number one shows and the things we kind of like, there's an eclecticism to it. So the typical sitcom is like, uh, you know, the Seavers, right? What's that show? Uh, Seavers. Um, House of Pain? No, not House of Pain. Um, what's the show called? God. Is it a sitcom? Yeah, with um, uh, Alan Thicke. What's the show he's in? It's the Seavers. Growing Pains? That's it, right. So there's Growing uh-huh. Pains. There is um, Who's the Boss? Uh, there are Family Ties. Family Ties. Family. The Cosby Show. Um, the traditional thing, and, and we could probably look at the history of sitcom, but it's a family thing. And there's there, Roseanne. There's, Roseanne. Well, see, and so there was a response. Like I think, but if we look at the the trope that we most often see, it's it's a family show. It's about wholesome values, and it's about the challenges that a good family faces, and how they're kind of funny. But at the end of the day, the moral right is usually preserved. And notably, the situation in a sitcom doesn't tend to evolve and we our generation in particular we the audiences today that want to view movies and television have a more sophisticated expectation of what they're about to watch and they don't want that kind of pablum shoved down their throat so shows like Roseanne which which um, try to break against uh, you know the, the typical yes everyone's a, got a family they've got their struggles but they have wholesome values it's like Roseanne Deals with some. It's noted for dealing with with its uh, rough. Yeah, it was edges. a good show. You know, I the think. mom isn't a you know a skinny blonde girl. Who's an overweight woman? You know, like that's and they have no and they and they have financial trouble and they lack the kids lack manners. You know, like they're they're yeah. like. Hey, I have a question for you guys because I'm sort of out of the out of touch with sitcoms these days. Uh, this is just my impression. But when we when we reamed off those those ones. More from probably our generation or a bit before, and we're in our what early thirties. They're definitely, definitely family focused. You know, you think of all of them like Urkel and uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, all of those are mentioned. They're almost all families, and then except for Seinfeld, which 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 then, and I feel like it was maybe a bit of a turning point towards more che- like the Cheers was an office. The other one is office stuff, like workplace set. Like there was Mary Tyler yeah. Moore show. Uh, news radio, cheers. It, it's either the family you're right, you're is, right. is one trope, and the other is is office office. Yeah, tropes, you know, you're right. You're right. They they, ha- they have moved around that. I, and I'm thinking when I think of the ones that are current, I'm thinking like How I Met Your Mother, um, or uh, Big Bang Theory. Have they moved away from like? Are there still ones that are like current ones that are family? I guess there are. Well, well, the, uh, but have it has it moved more towards like young single people I, I and. Think- yeah, I think there was a shift with Seinfeld and Friends when that those shows are about yeah, Friends. For sure. Seinfeld's yeah. funnier because it's about middle-aged, single, miserable people, and Friends was kind of whitewashed, like they're young and attractive and just having their little. But, yeah. but I would, but I like, would say that Friends is probably like it, it'd be an argument to have, but I would say Friends has almost been more influential to the probably. to the state of current sitcoms than Seinfeld has been, although they, you know, they they were. At, at the same time, and there's all these epic time periods of sitcoms, or or where they would brand them a certain way. Like NBC had their must see Thursday comedy block, which was <laughs> Those which was so annoying. Which, <laughs> it, but I remember because Family Matters, 
what fell in with like hanging with Mr. Cooper and some of some other shows as kind of like a TGIF. Thank God it's Friday block on ABC, which was aimed for not ch- well, maybe children, but more like children and families. So they they target you know like any like any broad ca- broadcasting they target. I think that newer newer shows. You're right, Mike. There's a there's a lot. Um, less family program, um, family traditional sitcoms. You even see like Modern Family, which is a very popular family show right now, is a single fam- a single camera f- uh, 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 show. So you do see a lot of a lot of that happening. But people still have an appetite. As Chuck Lorre is the guy who who's the producer of both Two and a Half Men and The Big Bang Theory. And uh, he is uh, he recognizes that people still have an appetite for those those shows. It's just. Do we have an appetite for them, and is there any reason for them really to to still exist? I recognize the value they had in my life as as pieces of entertainment that I enjoyed, but I mean, going was, forward as an adult, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, like also when we were growing up, it was kind of you didn't really have any that many options for comedy on prime time. It sort of was sitcoms, and now there still are some, but there's also you mentioned a few Crofton like these different types different styles of comedy. Um, I'm sort of a little out of touch with TV these days, but um, people talk about like 30 Rock. Is 30 Rock a sitcom or is it more like one of those camera ones? No, it's 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 like Arrested Development and Community. It's a, it's in the office. It's a, it's not a sitcom. I mean, it's a, but it's filmed not like – yeah, right. It's not it's, a sitcom. It's not a live it's, studio audience and it's filmed. I think that those shows are defined as sitcoms now, but for the interest of this conversation, I would say that they're, they're, I, they're I not – I would fight anyone think, to the death calling those shows sitcoms. Yeah, no, and I think we're we're definitely talking about the like filmed in front of a live studio audience, like yeah, kind of like static yeah. set sort of thing. Because the other ones are certainly new creations. I mean, sitcoms we can look back on; they've existed for so long and still do that. It's but but the new ones, you know, they've only been around a few years really uh, and seem to be doing very well uh, and have used more traditional techniques. But um, I, I feel like I'm almost ready to give a verdict on this. I don't know what you guys. I think so hey, too. I want to. I, I, I just want to point more. out. I just want to point out to Bo, who's willing to fight anyone to the death, uh, that if you go into Wikipedia, oh, which we all said was good, uh, and and go <laughs> to a show like Community, which Bo really likes, and look at the little box on the side and read what genre it it they've labeled it, it's labeled as a sitcom. It's uh, well, okay. I, I, well, if you go to the sitcom entry, I think you'll find the definition that's somewhat conflicting. I I would feel. But anyways, maybe the you know it's just a it's just a label. It's a genre of comedy that features characters sharing the same common environment, such as a home or workplace, as they do on Community, with often humorous dialogue. Such programs originated in radio, but today sitcoms are found mostly on television as one of its dominant narrative forms. Yeah. A situation comedy television program may be recorded in front of a studio audience. The effect of a live studio audience can be imitated by the use of a laugh track, which Crofton hates. Yeah, you you hate them completely, laugh tracks. I hate laugh tracks. Oh, really? absolutely. Oh, I, 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 I thought you were pe- okay. So you do think it's like old technology or stupid? You don't like well, theater, I find, do you? I find it patronizing to have like I, I have issues with even the live studio audience, but the fact that somebody's sitting in a booth and saying "laugh now" by pressing a button, I find I find that's patronizing, and I don't well, like it's, it. Yeah, it's patronizing. 
it's patronizing when it's not funny. Uh, I, it doesn't bother me when when I am when I'm laughing at something. It actually it's it doesn't. I don't even I don't notice it. It it definitely bugs me when something is clearly not funny. Like I'll watch it and like something will happen, joke, comment is said, and I'm like my brain acknowledges this was an attempt at being funny, which has failed at least with me. And then I hear this stupid laugh track in the background, and I'm like, yeah, it, it really ruins it. But if I'm laughing along with it, then I it's like. I'm indifferent about it. Yeah, I just think it has to do with our um, our tastes have, have become more sophisticated. I don't think it has to do with our age. I think it's actually the time in which we live that we the, the way we're watching television is different too. If I have to watch a commercial, I'm mad. There's so many ways to watch television shows that are commercial free that are when I want on demand, like Netflix and iTunes, and I'm sure Hulu's another option I don't use with people with Roku boxes and things like that. There are so many different ways to consume. Uh, television shows that don't require commercials, that don't require to be at a certain place at a certain time. But wait, uh, wait, what is this? What is this, this? Is off topic? No, it's not because yes, because if I'm watching a series back to back, I expect things. I, I things I expect are different. Um, if I'm watching a show every Thursday, a show, a show every Thursday at eight o'clock. Um, these shows are designed to kind of ha- have a certain level of parody to be kind of the same There's a status quo. Sorry, is the word I was looking for um, that doesn't change. So you can comfortably watch episode one and then watch episode eight, but then watch episode three. And, you know, it just doesn't matter. Our sensibility now is I'm watching a season and I'm working through the season and I might watch one or two episodes back to back or all of them. If you're binge TV watching as I, uh, have been known to do on occasion. <laughs> you know, I expect to have story arcs. I expect to be invested in characters. I expect to have awesome stuff happen throughout the series, and I won't waste my time with it. And so, you would have recorded hundreds of hours of television that I'm I'm not interested in watching for nothing. You know, I think our tastes are evolving, and we're looking for sophistication. Which takes me to my Big Bang Theory bashing that I haven't had an opportunity to do is that again, <laughs> it basically is taking geek culture, which. Um, not that you know. I'm, I'm going to sit on a soapbox, stand on a soapbox, and say geeks have been persecuted uh, for centuries, and finally now they're getting their comeuppance. Because I'm sure there's, uh, we could talk about different shows that have accomplished that. But it's just another example of, you know, I think everyone because people kind of have a sense of geek. Then I like to play video games, and I like TV. They, I like smart things. Um, <laughs> so they're like, hey, I've got this show for you. I've got like grandma or you know whoever saying like, hey, there's this show for you. It's called Big Bang Theory. It's so funny. I know you'd like it because you're a geek. And I, it was like, I watched it. It's horrible. It's for people who aren't that. Um, and so I hate that show because it's just, it just yeah, it reinforces stereotypes. Yeah. Is it? It basically is. Community all is the show for people like me, and IT crowd is the show for people like me. Not it's, the yeah. Big Bang Theory. The, the, the Big Bang it's Theory a pile the, of crap. The problem is is that uh, it's a show that's about laughing at a group as opposed to laughing with the group, yes. and uh, and that's that's the the, uh, the the main problem with it. It's funny that you hated that much. It's fu- because I think like not that I'm any staunch defender of it, but I like I definitely like it more than Two and a Half Men. If I had to pick between those two, I would I would know where well, I would be know, going. I think misogyny makes me laugh, so that's why. <laughs> Oh really? God. For shame, Bo. For shame. <laughs> Charlie Sheen is a total douchebag, and uh, I find that kind of thing funny. Yeah, but he's off that show now. Is it? I know, and I don't watch it. I'd be like, no, Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before all that stuff happened, everyone would want to distance himself from being like, oh, I like Charlie Sheen. But it's like, I actually thought he was funny in that show because he was 
a pretty big douchebag, and I think he, he came across as pretty sincere in his role, and it turns out he is. So, uh, good job, Charlie Sheen. Call me. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> yes, uh, Tiger Blood. All right, so um, uh, so you said you were ready for verdicts. I think I'm ready to go. Does anyone else want to uh, uh, serenade or soliloquize about sitcoms before we uh, I'm ready. I- I'm good to go. All right, so I went last, uh, last time, so I'll go first. I think uh, sitcoms are good. And the reason I say that is uh, I enjoy laughing. I enjoy laughing a lot, and I love nothing better than when I lose my my shit, uh, you know, I crap myself laughing. I think laughter is one of the great reasons to be alive. Um, and, you know, there are sitcoms that have made me laugh my ass off, and, and Father Ted is the one where, uh, if you haven't watched it, I recommend watching it. It's and, uh, but, I, but I can tell you, I've watched a lot of Father Ted. It will not appeal to all people. No, it will not. So, I mean... You know, again, but yeah, sure, it's something different. On the same basis as you saying, and number one of all time is also my favorite. Equivocating there, I'm going to equivocate. Yeah, you know, as you should. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. I think I've said everything I had to, so I think they're good. And um, Uh, yeah, uh, I'll pass the uh, the mic over to someone else. Yeah, I'll I'll go next. Um, uh, I had some bit I was going to say about you and Father Ted, but arse, uh, fuck. girls (laughs) (laughs) okay uh sitcoms are bullshit and the reason i say i say that i gotta differentiate between now you said bo uh you you like laughing and 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 i like laughing too and there's some sitcoms that uh that that i think are hilarious i said seinfeld uh i really think is golden and i would hate a world that didn't have Seinfeld in it. But when I think of sitcom, when, like when I when I hear that word, I think of bad comedy. Like that's what I think about. I think about poorly written jokes, um, people actors trying to give lines that are intended to be funny and they're generally not uh, silly situations which which just lack wit. I generally just think of horrible comedy and i find that the good ones are the exception and not the rule and when i think of the ones i like and even the new ones with with the different it's like the good ones are 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 not the norm when i think of norm i think mediocre bad comedy and for that reason i'm just like i can't go so far as to say they're bad because there are some that have used the form to excellent purpose uh and and so i wouldn't begrudge those ones but as a whole when i think about it i was like man it's it's a it's a formulaic way to do comedy and that's not how good comedy gets made so sitcoms are just a bullshit thing and it's like i'm glad they're moving away from them to different forms to get better comedy so yeah bullshit uh I, you know, both of you guys, I agree 100% pretty much with everything you both said. Uh, and, uh, you know, not to not to pick on Bo, and I will take advantage of it be my verdict so as not to get interrupted, but I was looking at, uh, I was looking at a bunch of the shows that I enjoy now, like The Office or, or uh, New Girl, Community, all these shows, and I recognize they're all considered sitcoms like the office is a popular mockumentary sitcom that was first made in the united kingdom that's how they the 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 article starts so i think i think that what i find interesting about sitcoms is that they're a reflection of society and they're constantly changing um in in that uh you know you guys mentioned roseanne you mentioned like there there's we we talk about how how they used to be something and now there's something different and they they keep changing and they they reflect society i do find that interesting 
but I, I agree with Mike and I have to I have to focus on the older sitcoms and not not the the stuff that we're talking about now the single cam camera stuff I'm talking about the multi camera stuff I have the same mental association as Mike if somebody says the word sitcom my initial uh, gut reaction is oh like eye roll <laughs> and and that's just m- my personal taste and not everybody you know not everybody's like, like that but, these but shows you're being you're being n- a snob yeah, well, I, I partly do. I partly do feel snob, snobby about it because, like, I feel that the, the shows that are the most popular appeal to you know base base uh, interests that everybody has in common and very uh, easy, low hanging fruit, if you will. And and I, I do I do find like when when you hear the list of the show when I say out the list of the shows I like it often ends up sounding like I'm being a bit snobby and and I'm I'm cognizant of that, but it doesn't change the fact that that's how I feel and and because of that I have to say that sitcoms for me and and I'm talking about these multi camera sitcoms sitcoms for me are bullshit. <laughs> And I loved a lot of sitcoms. Like I mentioned, growing up, I grew up with sitcoms. It's just that it's not—it's it's not for not for me anymore. Adult taste at this juncture, and the sitcom you view as being a sort of base thing. So it, you, it know, sounds you, know, you don't want to say that it's a good thing. You want to say it's terrible. It sounds horrible when it's, you paraphrase it's it. It's like, for the so, masses. So what you're saying is everybody's stupid except you, who likes good things, and mm. they're too. Dumb to recognize them, you know. Well, like, like I, I think the thing is, is that any comedy, any comedy that's good can can do so and be smart and appeal to, to and be dumb at the same time. Like I don't want to go back to it because I love Seinfeld so much, but it had a good balance of smart humor, like talk tack, talking about uh, issues like say abortion in a humorous situational way that you only. Uh, see the whole humor once you watch the entire episode versus having Kramer walk in the door like a big you know physical comedy. It had a good mix, and I think that's what made it work. But a lot of them don't have that mix. They have nothing intelligent about them. It's just gags or it's just one-liners, and it just lack depth. And I think that those of us who appreciate good comedy want a variety, want it to like go on different levels and those different types like as it moves into like uh, you know things like arrested development i mean there's some funny like slapstick stuff in that and intelligent humor as well like so it's a good mix i think it's what's lacking in most of the sitcom genre i i find that with comedy uh in general and and definitely sitcoms like you know when you open the the funnies in the newspaper and you got peanuts and you got garfield and you got whatever like yeah. the idea of the you read them and you're like you you might get a little chuckle or whatever but they're appealing to as wide a, an audience as possible so garfield is for anybody who owns or knows somebody who owns a cat you know uh so that's a wide audience but the more narrow you target your audience the more funny i find comedy tends to be but to a smaller group of people you know yeah, it becomes true. and uh, i find that's that's part part of it with 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 uh, uh sitcoms where i'll be you know um bo bo likes uh likes father ted i like father ted too as do you and it reflects a certain sensibility certain values and if you share those values and if you sh- you're gonna you're gonna get a great kick out of the show whereas if it's against your values you might not get as as much enjoyment out of it and and therefore it's appealing to a narrower audience but it's really funny to that narrower audience you know one thing we didn't mention just really briefly and i haven't seen it i've been meaning to watch it apparently faulty towers is a master class in the situation comedy genre 
And uh, I could see that. I love John Cleese. Yeah, but I have. I've been meaning to watch it. It's a really short series. I think it's like eight or four episodes. It's not very much, but I, a lot of people who really like that show. So um, I'm actually going to check that out as soon as I can. Actually, uh, That's a good shout out, Bo, because BBC recently did a list of of top uh, episode uh, top. TV shows and Faulty Towers was yeah, it's, uh, it was number one I think and uh, you know to be honest I haven't seen it either I, I think it's like eight episodes but, too but you hear about it all the time and it's an older show right um, yeah I, I I played Basil Faulty in a in a high school play actually oh <laughs> was it a funny high school play was it one of their scripts yeah I mean it's they're 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 funny just because it's like everything's always going wrong for Basil Faulty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to go to watch it tonight, I think. Remember, you guys remember Newhart? Yes, I remember Newhart. No, Newhart was good. I kind of like Bob Newhart. Which MASH is, it New is another Hart one. or the Bob Newhart show? He had oh, there was like shows. He had three of them. I think it was the one where, you know, the guy was like, this is my brother. Daryl, my other brother Daryl, and my yeah, other brother Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'd run a hotel, a bed and breakfast. They'd have guests. So. Yeah. But it's more Bob Newhart. He holds up the show. And I think that's something we forgot to mention is how some of these shows are just really based around one comedian who has a certain style. Yeah, they're vehicles for them. Yeah, uh, There's so much yeah, we, we actually probably miss talking about this because I'm, you know. Yeah, it's funny that we missed that. I was thinking really. of MASH too. MASH is another show that I'd like to watch a little MASH bit. MASH was a pretty like good it. show actually. Apparently it had some really adult stuff in it every now it and did. then. And then. It had some heavy stuff, yeah. war stuff. Yeah. So... All right, Anyways, we're going to have to cap it off there, boys. Um, so if you want to contribute something to our conversation, you can do so at our email address, uh, goodbadbs at gmail.com. Uh, all right, guys. Um, I think uh, we don't have anything in the mailbag today, so we're just going to have to uh, say goodbye to our listeners and thank them for listening. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, go to gbbpodcast.com. That's the acronym for Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast.com. And there you can find links to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio, as well as the RSS feed if you're on Android or Windows phone, don't have a funny, fancy app. You can just subscribe directly there. We're also running a live stream, so it's gbbpodcast slash live stream, and you can see us live and flush. Uh, you can look at my attractive face or the attractive face of Michael Hodgins, but you won't see Crofton because he, he, he's really lazy about getting a webcam for some reason. So Mike says he has one for me. <laughs> I have one for him. Um, he needs to come get it. Yeah. So, okay, uh, I'm too lazy to do that. Yeah, all of our information's <laughs> there as well. Um, I mentioned emailing us, but if you'd like to also uh, tweet at us or join our Facebook page, there are links there, and you can even send us a short recorded message, and we'll play it live on the air. Uh, we'd love to play your voice message, so uh, somebody get on that please. All right, boys, uh, we're going to take it out of here. Crofton, where can these fine listeners follow the very comparable Crofton steers on the internet? Well, if they want to give me crap for being such a highfalutin aristocrat who pisses on their taste, they can contact me at Ryan Gosling on Twitter. But if they want to... If they want to hear witty comments, then they can definitely follow me at Crofton Steers on Twitter. All right. And Michael, where can these fine folk follow you? Uh, they can follow me to the old TV set to watch some reruns of Seinfeld. Yeah. Honestly, I think I would vote, uh, I would, I would, uh, vote for Seinfeld as best um, scene transitions in a television show or movie ever. Because of the bass, the rolling bass there. There's a boom, 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 boom. The bass, the bass makes the gives it the personality that it needs. All right, anyways, um, thanks very much. You can follow me at Bo Schwartz, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. See you guys next time. All right, later. I fucking hate bass. <laughs> boom, 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 boom.
Jackets. They've got two pockets and not four. What's the breast pocket? What's for? the deal with airplane food? You clearly don't have Seinfeld's genius for this because like, no, that's those are some pretty bad impressions. <laughs>